Hey, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 1. As, as everybody's kind of getting there and as the kids are headed back to Children's Church and such this morning, we've had a couple of folks this past week that we're going to mention out in honor this morning because they've been honored in our community. You know, we do a lot of things um, in this time of year where we're doing for others, but in this particular case, these two folks do a ton for others all throughout our community, all throughout for years or throughout the their daily life and Brother Ron was uh, honored by some uh, Good Samaritan this past week uh, and their meeting and so was Brother Don all right and so both of them we want to give honor and praise to for the service that they've done for everyone else in our community either on for in Ron's case right now on almost a daily basis he's driving around delivering and picking up food and different things like that and Don for what 30 something years that you served at Good Samaritan yeah, all right, that's right. So we thank you both for all that you've done in our hearts and lives and in the community. So last week we started talking about uh, what? What did we start talking about? The Son of God, did we not? Who is Jesus? What's this all about? Why are we spending time this year? Uh, how do we differentiate ourselves from the rest of the world on calendars and stuff like that? Calendars are filled with all kinds of things that are going on right now, festive-wise and ceremonially throughout this particular month and this time of year. What does Christianity, what does our faith believe? How is that different? Who is the Son of God? Where do you go to find that out in Scripture? You go to John. John talks about the Son of God. Mark talks about the Son of Man, all right? Luke is speaking to the Gentiles. Matthew is speaking to the Jews. All of our Gospels that we've been given have a purpose and intent of who they're trying to reach who they're trying to speak to, and the message that they're trying to give us. So we're looking in John chapter 1 to see the story of Jesus, all right? And this is what John is sharing with us as this book begins, as this letter begins, as this gospel begins. So last week we talked about the beginning. We talked about creation and how God and Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit were involved in all of creation. And so we saw that portion and that part of the story. Well, today in verse four, we're gonna pick it up and we're gonna see how that turns, how that transitions, really how it takes a different step. Because today we're not gonna talk about created life, we're going to talk about spiritual life, all right? And so as we get, begin this morning, it says this. It says, in him was life. Now, we have to look at this and take, take a look at what scripture does and then how the scripture is presented. So what is what do you notice about these four words? They're up on the screen right here. You can find them on your page. So the I is capitalized, and when, when you're starting a sentence, you start off a sentence with what? Capitalized letter, right? But why is the him capitalized? Because it's referring to God. It's referring to Christ God. So anytime that you see that in Scripture and it's capitalized, it's not talking about him. So it's not in him was life. So when we look to someone else, and this is where we're at today, all right? We live in a very humanistic society. So in our humanistic society and in our humanity, we look to other people to bring us life. And that is so wrong. 
People get married because they feel like that they'll fulfill their life through their spouse or their spouse will bring life unto them. People have children because they think if I give birth and I give life to something else, it'll bring meaning and life to my life. People have jobs because they want a career and all these things. Man, I've been reading this past week and I'm not going to go into this too much because I don't want to be depressive during this time of year. But do you realize how much debt we have and how much student debt we have and loans and things like that? The next big fallout for our actual society may be $1.2 trillion worth of student loan debt. Why? Because everybody and everybody's been told for generations, and we may be part of this, is you got to have a degree to have a career, right? And the career is the most important thing. 50 years ago, we were all farmers, right? And we all worked with our hands and we were servants and we did all these different things out in the community where we were serving other people. Those jobs have no meaning anymore. You have to have this type of career. You have to have this type of degree that costs this much money, this much schooling. And now we have all of this and people have piled all of this stuff up. And the biggest thing for me and the biggest scare for me is the fact that this was a 30-year-old woman they were talking to and she was still living with their parents. And I was like, oh, Lord, I'm never going to get rid of my children. I'm just kidding. They're going to live with me forever. So understand this. See this for what it is. We have all here. Tomorrow's over there going, this is great. And I'm going, oh, Lord. All right. So we all look at these different things and we see them different ways. Do you see? We find life in all of this other stuff. But in him was life. And so when we talk about this and when we look at this and when we give an example of our faith and when we speak to other people, we have to realize this. There's only one true life and it only comes in him. And that life is not physical It is spiritual. Who in here thinks they're not going to die? No one. Why? Because there's never been a person born who didn't what? Die. So we have to understand that if we put all of our hope and our faith in this physical stuff, if we look to another physical being, if we look to another thing that is created in this world, which is physical, whether that be a job or anything else, uh, children or anything else that we want to put our life into, it is going to die and pass. And so the only way that we can have hope The only way that we can have life that we are talking about and want fulfillment in and for our life to have purpose is to see it eternal. And the only way to do that is to see how we were created. Now, in him is life. Now, I'm going to give you some scripture in just a few minutes, but let me explain this. You are the only being created that has a soul. I know you love your dog. I know you love your cat. And I have a bunny and my bunny loves me. And I know that. Because every time I come with raisins and shake the little box, he comes to the edge of the fence and sits there and waits for me to feed him. And I'm like, this bunny loves me, man. This is awesome. My bunny has no soul. Because as soon as he takes my raisin, he turns and he hops away and he runs back behind where he was at. And the only reason he comes for love for me is because I'm what? Shaking a food box. And I know you love your dog. And I know you love your cat and your animals or whatever they may be. But you are the only created being that has a soul. They can have a relationship with our creator. 
In fact, when we go through creation and look at it, we've been given dominion over all of these other created beings and need to be responsible and need to, to act responsible with that. But you, you and I alone have been given the opportunity and the responsibility to be able to have a relationship with our creator. And that sets us apart. The fact that you and I have a soul allows us to have a life that is different from every other thing. Because we can live an eternal life. Because of that spiritual bond with our creator. So, in him was life. You never thought four words could say so much, right? The preacher could have stood there for an hour and a half. I swear he could have. He could have kept going for an hour and a half on these four words. I probably could. Christ is life. This life is a spiritual life. John 1, 5 through and 11 says this. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Note again, why did I show you all those capital letters? See the capital letters in this? This is only coming through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, which he has just told us about in the first three verses. And then it says this in 1 John 1, 2. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now, look, I want you to remember this because this is one of those few times where I'm actually going to circular close this message. When we close today, we're going to finish with these two, and we're going to read them again. And I want you to see this circle of how God has intended for us to live the spiritual life that he has given us. So in him is a life. That life is spiritual. And then it says this, And the life was the light of men. <laughs> Look, I'm not really going to blow the top with my little blanks this morning on this, so I'm not going to be blowing your mind, all right? So if you, if you thought you were coming here to get some kind of big, you know, something that, that God's going to give you through this, and, you know, keep it simple, right? Plus, you know, you, you got to look at who you're dealing with here. I, I'm not going to be able to wow you in some of that. So here's the blank. His life gives light to us. Well, isn't that what that just said, Tim? Boy, you're a genius. What does that light mean? This is where I'm going to blow you away, all right? Are you ready? No, I'm not. This light he's talking about is enlightenment. How does God light up your life? Not like Debbie Boone. I'm not going to do it, which I thought I was, didn't you? Just <laughs> a little sidebar here, commercial, so that y'all can all back off a little bit before I get real deep. There's a commercial that's going on on Christmas, and they're singing a song in this commercial. It's a Target commercial, and every time it comes on at my house, I'm busting out in song, and my wife is about to freak out. Because every time it comes on, I start singing this song that's in the commercial. Anyway, all right. See what, see what she has to live with and how y'all are spared for just moments in time and you don't have to deal with this? The Lord, she is in purgatory for uh, penance for something and she has no idea what it is. It's being married to me. The Lord is the light of us. He enlightens our life. What does this mean? It means multiple things. It means he gives knowledge to us. 
So how does he give knowledge to us? Each one of us is raised in different ways. We have different experiences of how we grew up, the things that we encountered in our lives. Those are all part of our our. Uh, life experience and skill set, that brings knowledge to us. Every single one in here has a different background, and God brings us together corporately in that. So he gives knowledge to us through information, either whether that be through our, uh, the way that we were raised in our families or through the job experiences that we have or any of that, all right? So he takes that knowledge, and then he brings, through enlightenment, understanding in our lives, So the next thing you need to understand is that he gives us knowledge, but knowledge by itself is worthless. Why? Because it has to be put into work. And that happens when we understand what's going on. Do you realize that your computer is just simply binary ones and zeros? Do you get that? It's just a long coded sequence of ones and zeros. Zeros and ones, ones and zeros. Two numbers, off and on, off and on. But it's happening so quickly, so fast, in so many different sequences that it comes out in what? It comes out on your screen in pictures and in words and enables you to move all around lightning quick. So look, it's just on and off. It's just information. But someone figured out how to code and put that together, and in doing so, revolutionized how we communicate. Where did that come from? That knowledge came from the Lord, because he created, and then he gave understanding. He does the same thing spiritually. You, can you read scripture over and over and over again and learn new things? Yes, you can. Why? Because words have different meanings to you at different times in your life. And where you're going and what you're experiencing and what you're walking through at that particular time is different than it was the last time you read it. So this is why we must encounter God on a daily basis. Why? Because his information, the book, the scripture that he gives us, gives life to us. And it comes through the understanding of that. And then this. When you add the knowledge and you add the understanding together, you get wisdom. You become wise. As God teaches us, as God shows us, as God reveals himself to us, we learn things. And if we learn things and listen and hear and see, which is what scripture talks about all the time, seeing and hearing, If we gather all this in, we avoid mistakes, we avoid sin, we avoid the opportunities to be entrapped by our enemy, and we see the opportunities for good, and we seize the opportunities for good. And scripture talks about this all the time, being aware of our surroundings, knowing the opportunities that we have. We think it's just a regular day. It's just another Sunday, right? It's just 11 o'clock. He'll be done by 12. We get to go on with our life. It'll all be good. We can endure this. Then we're missing the point. That's not worship. That's not a relationship. There's not one of us that has ever had a relationship in this room that did not realize that it caused sacrifice, called for sacrifice. It called for service. It called for time. It called for effort. Every single bit of that. So we must be invested in this. Why? Because his light enlightens us and brings life to us. 
Now, what does Scripture say about that life? It says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He goes on to say in John 10.10, what kind of life does he want to give us? Does he want to give us a boring, dull life? He wants to give us what kind of life? An abundant life. So this is a life that's overflowing. So if we will remain in the light and allow the light to enlighten us, then there's transformation that takes place in who we are and what goes on around us. Here's the second part because it kind of flips the script here. So now he's talked specifically about eternal life and about your soul, my soul, and how he speaks to us individually. Now I want you to see something. He's going to flip the big picture on us and talk to us about how he's is illuminating the world. God has not left this place. So many people think that God created, this is taught, this is theologically taught, that God created, then he left. And now we're left with the mess of this. That's not what happened. God created. He is still speaking. He is still enlightening. He is still touching lives. He is still reaching people. He is still growing faith. And Believe it or not, God is still at work. And so we have to understand and know this because the second part of this gives this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. No light, no life. How many of you have ever been in a room, a dark room at night? You get up. Stuff in your eyes and all this, and you go to get out of bed, you can't find the light, and next thing you know, you've run into something. <laughs> it's never happened to none of you, ever, right? None of nobody's ever done that. Why? Why does that happen? Because you can't what? See in the dark. Darkness is the absence of light. That's how it's defined. Do you see how everything revolves around the light? Light does not revolve around darkness. Darkness revolves around light and the absence of it. The dark side of the moon is just where the light is not. The night that we have is just the absence of that. In fact, there is no real absence because in the stars and the heavens and the firmament, there is a lesser light and a greater light. But there are times in our lives when we can be pitch black souls. Because we are refusing to allow the Lord to enlighten us. And you need to know this. The world will never grasp this because they run to the darkness. You know what astounds us more today than when I was younger? Or astounds me more today than when I was younger? Is the brazenness in which people do crimes. It used to be they did all the crimes under the cover of what? Darkness. They're not even scared anymore. Crimes are committed in the light, in the very presence of day. Why? Because they don't fear the light. So we live in a world that is getting darker <laughs> And even showing itself 
through darkness in the light because they do not understand it. So what does this mean? This means illumination. I need you to understand this because people get really... I'm going to go deep here. I'm diving into the deep end of the pool. Everybody has an opportunity to come to know the Lord. He illumines himself to everyone. Romans 1 says that we ought to be able to look at creation and know that there's something greater than ourselves. We just refuse to worship that. We refuse to relent in our life. We think we know more. We think we understand more. We think we can do better than God. And through all of that, we put our hands on everything. And it gets messed up. And it leads to sin. And it leads to our separation from God. And it leads to our destruction. As individuals and people. So Romans tells us that this, that God illuminates himself and everyone will have the opportunity to, to come to know the Lord. That's his general revelation. That's how he illumines himself. The sun's going to come up tomorrow, right? Unless the Lord comes back, what? Today. And so we have this, and we just think that we're in this system and this cycle and everything's just going to keep going on, and it will perpetuate itself. But it's not so. It's created. And everything that create, is created in this world, eventually what? We've talked about this already, but we don't want to talk about it a whole lot, but it dies. Everything. And so understanding that helps us to see that there has to be something beyond that. So we have to move beyond illumination. We can't just stay in illumination. So you can't just keep coming to church and thinking Tim's going to light it up every Sunday because there's Sundays that you've come and he does not, right? Amen, Brother Tim, amen. Get an A game every once in a while. Georgia is going to lose, and when they do, it is bad, is it not? I mean, we just don't play around. We, when we're bad, we just stink. All in. But it is purposeful. It gives life to Auburn and Florida and everyone who wears orange. Sometimes you just got to take one for the culture, right? Guys, we have to understand the sun came back up this morning. We got to get beyond this. We can't pour our whole lives into this. Because why? It's not going to bring satisfaction, fulfillment, or eternal life. But this is what we do. And the world does this too. In fact, the world can't get out of it. You and I have a hope that they don't have. John 3, 16 says what? What does John 3, 16 say? Come on, keep going. Good, good job. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. And then we stop. But this is what it says after that. This is verses 19 through 21. And this is the judgment. 
that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than light. For their deeds are evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light. Hates it. This is why people don't want to hear the name of Jesus. At all. Because it reminds them of their fallenness, their separation from God, the darkness that is in their life, and they are unrepentant. And does not come to the light for the fear that his deeds will be what? Exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that the deeds may be manifested in having been wrought in God. I want to just tell you something. If you want to do a little word study today, go read the Gospel of John and go read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Homework. I want you to circle or see how many times you see the word truth, life, and light. You got to understand that over and over and over, John uses these words, truth, He also uses the word trust, life, and light. And you're like, how many times is he going to say this? He says it over and over because those those words are connected. If you don't trust in the truth, believe in the light, you have no life. None. You are existing. In fact, go look up the definition of life. Apart from spiritual life that is a soul, all it says is inanimate existence. It's talking about everything that lives that has inanimate existence. So if we don't have this, we are just existing. We weren't created for this. This is not what this is all about. So where does that leave us? It leaves us here. We're going to finish in verses 4 through 8. It says this. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light. He came to testify about the light. Like John... We testify about the light. We testify about the light daily. What do the Beatitudes tell us? Let your light so shine before men that they shall see your what? Good works and glorify who? God. We just talked about two men who serve our community. They didn't want their names mentioned. In fact, Don came up to me and told me about Ron being recognized, but didn't say anything about him being recognized. Why is it important? Because when you see Ron on the road driving a truck throughout the week, you know what Ron's doing, don't you? I run into Ron at the associational office all the time. He's going out doing something for somebody else. His light is shining before men in such a way that they shall see his good works and glorify Ron, right? 
No. Glorify God. You gave gifts this week. All those gifts were taken to the association to go to children. They're never going to know who gave those gifts. God's word says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You don't need to go find that child and say, I gave you that gift. You ought to be glad I did that. (laughs) That ruins the whole thing. Our job is to do what God has called us to do. That becomes a testimony, and it actually becomes a light unto the world. We are helping to illuminate the world as God illuminates or lights up, enlightens us. So as God enlightens us, we then become a light into the world. We're going to do a candlelight service on on the 22nd. We get to light our candles. And then I'm going to make you put your hand on the top of them and burn your hand. I'm just kidding, to put your light out. No. What do we do with that? Hold it up. Why? Because that's what Scripture tells us to do. That's what we're supposed to be. That's what John was. What happened to John? Did it end well for John? No, it did not. Not on earth anyway. That's exactly right. I mean, think about this. I mean, even the prophecy of how this man, John the Baptist, was born. Notice, by the way, he's not John the Methodist. I'm just kidding. Just thought I'd put that in there. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So John the Baptist is born. Even the prophecy of his life is all about who? The prophecy of his entire life, his entire existence is a forerunner for Christ. His whole existence was to tell others about Jesus. Did he live well? I imagine he probably did in his own mindset. But in culture, looking at him, how did culture think? This dude lives out in the woods and he's scary. (laughs) People are looking in here today and they're going, what's going on in there? It's probably what? Real, real scary. But this is where life transformation takes place in our hearts so that we might go to the world. I want you to close by going back to the beginning. 1 John 1, 5, 11 says this. And this, and the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. That's the end of 1 John. Now I want you to see the beginning of 1 John. He's telling you in this part why he's writing this entire letter to you and to me. And the life was manifested that we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us you got a job I got a job there's no way to get out of it can't go hide 
can't put out your light. I think you can dim it. Paul tells Timothy to what? Rekindle the flame that's within him. Yours may be on pilot, but it's an eternal flame. Give the gas to it today. Allow God, get, get with God. Allow him through his word to enlighten you. So that you might go out, live life abundantly, but you will also be a light, a testimony to somebody else. That's how we perpetuate our faith. That's how our life brings meaning to this world and to ourselves. I'm going to ask you this, Don. Did you get a little plaque? You didn't get anything yet, Friday? Just a handshake and a free meal? Yeah. That's pretty good. How many of you have got plaques for jobs that you did? I got them. Where are your plaques? You got them on a wall, maybe? Mine are in a box in a basement. That's where my graduation certificates are, too, by the way. My mom framed my you know, degrees, and they're in a box down there. Squirrel got in the attic and ate some of those, so they're not in real good shape either. Yeah, that's right. Do you see what I'm saying? That piece of paper was so important a long time ago, and now it sits in a box down in the basement. Why? Because it didn't eventually bring meaning to my life. It didn't fulfill me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this day and the chance and opportunity in which we've had to come into this place and to worship you. Father, this service, this time was all about you. Father, I pray that in everything that we do as we leave this place and this time as we're gathered together will be all about you. Because if we've come here to give you a few moments of our lives and then go back out and just try to live them any way that we want to, then we've missed the point. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the fact that you do enlighten us. And Lord, I just pray that you'll show us how to shine. Give us strength. Give us courage. Give us guidance. We rely upon your mercy and grace. Why? Because the very soul of man is at stake. And we need to be what you've called us to be. We ask these now in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen.